Thank you for supporting Daily Tech Headlines directly. Now begins your ad-free episode. I'm Rich Straffolino. These are the tech headlines for the week that was. Qualcomm received a license from the U.S. Department of Commerce to sell some chips and components for mobile devices to Huawei, including 4G components, in an exemption to current trade restrictions. U.S. semiconductor sales to Huawei have been banned since September. A Qualcomm spokesperson said the company currently has other license applications pending with the U.S. government. The Turkish Competition Board ruled Google violated the terms of fair competition in its online ad business, issuing a 196.7 million lira fine, that's about 26 million U.S. dollars. The board found that Google text ad business in search skewed results to the detriment of those companies that didn't pay for ads. The board gave Google six months to change its search policy, and Google has 60 days to appeal the decision. Apple's Gatekeeper security service was first released on Macs in 2012 and performs online checks to verify if an app contains known malware and whether the developer's signing certificate is revoked. Last week, the Online Certificate Status Protocol Service, or OCSP, used by Gatekeeper had an outage, resulting in some Mac users having issues opening apps and prompting some to question what data Apple actually collects as part of this process. In an updated support document, Apple clarified that Gatekeeper does not collect users' Apple ID or device identity and that the company has now stopped logging IP addresses associated with developer ID certificate checks, which it was collecting previously. Apple maintains it has never combined app verification data with device information. Twitter started rolling out its ephemeral tweeting feature out of testing on Android and iOS with plans to make it available for all users in the coming days. Fleets, as they're called, sit right above the top of the timeline in a row of story-like bubbles. Twitter announced later in the week that it was slowing the fleet's rollout due to technical issues. GitHub has reinstated YouTube DL after determining that it does not violate the DMCA. A filing by the EFF argued that the app works like a browser to initiate a video stream by deriving a JavaScript signature value and therefore not going around the circumvention protections of the DMCA. GitHub said it will revise its DMCA takedown policy to have all claims reviewed by technical and legal experts, err on the side of developers in ambiguous cases, give developers a chance to respond before legitimate takedowns proceed, and establish a $1 million developer defense fund to help protect open-source developers. Apple announced the App Store Small Business Program that starting January 1st will let developers who earn less than $1 million in annual sales apply for a reduced commission rate where Apple would only take 15% instead of 30% of sales. Once you reach $1 million in a year, your rate goes up to 30% from there onward. Sensor Tower estimates 98% of developers would qualify for the reduced rate. Those developers make up about 5% of total App Store revenue. More details about applications and the process will be released in December. The President of the United States terminated the position of Christopher Krebs, who headed the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA. Last Friday, CISA issued a report finding no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. Longtime DHS veteran Brandon Wales was named Acting Director of CISA. NVIDIA launched the WebRTC-based beta version of its GeForce Now cloud gaming service on mobile Safari, making the service available on iOS. DualShock 4 and Xbox One controllers will work with games, as well as touch controls, although they won't be natively supported in certain games, and there's no support for playing with a keyboard and mouse. The company also said it plans to expand its desktop Chrome-based version of GeForce Now to work beyond just Chromebooks. 
Google also announced this week that public testing of a dedicated progressive web app for Stadia is set to start within several weeks on iOS. YouTube updated its terms of service to now state that creators not in its partner program may see some ads on their videos. YouTube's partner program shares a portion of ad revenue with creators and requires an account to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time in the last 12 months to qualify. Non-partner channels will not receive any revenue from these newly displayed ads. The Verge confirmed that ads will not run on non-partner channels that focus on sensitive topics. The Washington Post sources say state and federal investigators are preparing to bring antitrust charges against Facebook, alleging that the acquisition of rivals Instagram and WhatsApp led to a social media market with few quality alternatives. The investigation has reportedly looked at how WhatsApp and Instagram changed since being acquired by Facebook, and if they've left users with worse services and fewer privacy protections. This includes looking at Facebook's pledge to regulators in 2014 that would keep WhatsApp independent with strong privacy protections. The state and federal lawsuits have not been finalized, but are expected to be filed by early December, with nearly 40 states reportedly interested in signing on. And finally, Microsoft Teams is bringing its consumer-focused features to its web and desktop clients, previously available on mobile, offering the ability to host up to 300 people on calls that can last for up to 24 hours for free. Teams will also allow users to use its virtual meeting room together mode with calls of up to 49 participants for free. Joining calls can be done in a web browser without requiring a Microsoft account or the Microsoft Teams app, although hosting calls does require signing in with a Microsoft account. Remember, for more discussion of the tech news of the day, subscribe to Daily Tech News Show at dailytechnewsshow.com. And remember to rate and review Daily Tech Headlines wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. And from all of us here at Daily Tech Headlines, remember, have a super sparkly day.